you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. You would please open your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. We're going to be in the first 20 verses of Mark 5 this morning. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. This is God's Word. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened so the demon, to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Well, that's an amazing story. I mean, quite remarkable. Not the sort of thing we see every day. 
I want to remind you it is the truth. It is not some made-up story. It is what actually happened. Demons are real. There are stories about demonic activity in the Old Testament as well as in the New. And there are lots of accounts of demonic activity not only in church history but in modern times. Well, I'm certainly glad I, I, uh, I don't live in an area where those sorts of things take place. Oh, no, it's not that things like that don't take place anymore, and it's not that they don't take place here in our country and in our culture. It's that unlike various cultures throughout history that recognized what was going on, we have become functional atheists. We act as if the supernatural doesn't really exist, even though when we want to call on God, then we believe in God. But when it comes to how we make decisions, how we live our lives, what things we prioritize, and how we explain events, we're not going to be like these primitive people who are so superstitious and they, they believed in you know, spirit beings that cause stuff. Folks, there are two strategies that our adversary is fond of using regarding himself. Both are lies. One is to persuade people that he doesn't exist, he's not real, okay? That's very convenient. And there are a lot of people who are in that camp. They just don't believe in a literal devil. They don't believe in real demons. They don't even believe, you know, maybe angels, but not demons. Kind of like, yeah, I think maybe we do go to heaven, but I don't believe in hell. Well, what we believe does not determine what is true. And the Bible tells us what's true. The other strategy of the devil is that people who do know that he's real and who do know that demons are real, he will try and intimidate them into thinking that somehow he is God's equal. That it's the yin and the yang, the positive and the negative, the dark side. Satan is a defeated foe. Jesus Christ absolutely humiliated the forces of darkness at the cross. So we are told not, now when you go out into the world, you need to be careful because there are demons out there and they have so much power that they may jump on you and control you. No. We're told submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And the reason is because if you submit yourself to God, you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. The reason the Bible says what it says is because it's true. It's true. So we live in faith, not in fear. But let's look at the details of this story for a moment. They went across the lake to an area where good Jewish people generally didn't go. It was a bad neighborhood, if you will. The people there, for example, raised pigs. If you were Jewish, you didn't have anything to do with pigs. They were unclean. So, Jesus went to an area 
that was not a good place, and the particular part of that area that he went to was a place that was really bad. It was a cemetery where two demoniacs were living. I thought it said one. It talks about one of them here in Mark. In Matthew chapter 8, it gives us a couple of other details. Mark gives us this set of details. Matthew gives us these. They do not contradict. But where Mark focuses in on one of them, Matthew tells us there were two guys living there. And he also tells us that because of their violence, other people had to keep their distance. Okay? Jesus went to the bad area and to the bad part of the bad area where other people were afraid to go because of the violence of these men. And as Jesus gets out of the boat, he's already commanding the demons to come out to release their victims. Well, the demons didn't like that. And so this demoniac He had a supernatural strength, but unfortunately, that strength kept him from being restrained. Who would get chained but a person who had no inner restraint? If you don't control yourself, we'll try and control you. We'll lock you up. We'll restrain you if you don't restrain yourself. That ancient situation is still the case today. We still use external force to restrain people who don't have proper internal restraint. He was cutting himself with stones. That's called self-harming. We have an epidemic of self-harming behavior in our society today. But we don't recognize that there's any spiritual dynamic involved. So, Jesus, seeing this man, seeing his condition, was commanding that the Spirit would come out. Jesus asked him, what is your name? He says, my name is Legion. And I want you to see in addition to all these signs of demonic possession, in this case, there was another manifestation of the demonic in this fellow's dealings with Jesus. The demons recognized who Jesus was. And they also recognized that the day was coming when they would be destroyed. And the question that they asked had to do with, are are you here to torment us before the time? What's the deal? They know they're all going to end up in hell. Hell is a place prepared for the devil and his angels. And if you think that Satan's going to be running the show in hell, you haven't read your Bible. He's going to be destroyed in hell. There are all kinds of people who picture the devil down there in hell as sort of managing hell hotel. That's not the way it works. But don't people sometimes go to hell? Yes. And the tragedy is they have followed the father of lies to their own destruction. Because he's not going to be celebrating down there. And it's not going to be a bunch of rockers having a party like some people like to imagine. 
It's a place of utter torment, utter darkness, utter loneliness. So, they begged him, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. Because you see, oh there it is in verse 10. He begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Demonic forces are actually attached to places. They are attached to things. They are attached to regions. They are organized, if you read Ephesians 6, Paul describes principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this present age and against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you read in Daniel, when the answer to his prayer seemed a long time coming and finally the angel shows up and says, listen, God sent me as soon as you prayed, but I've been delayed in getting to you because I had to fight the prince of Persia. This is the prince of Persia. Are we talking about some earthly ruler? No, our warfare, Ephesians 6, is not against flesh and blood, but against these forces that exist, that are real, You don't see them with your eyes. They're spiritual forces. And that is why there was a delay. There was a ruler over that area. And the angel had to get through the warfare in order to get his message to Daniel. Why why did that happen? I think in part so we know what's going on. There are invisible forces at work in this world, and you and I need to know it. Paul tells the Corinthians that those who offer sacrifices to idols, even though an idol is nothing, it's an inanimate object, but those who do that, those who engage in idol worship, are actually worshiping demons. They don't know it, but it's true. Demons are real, they're invisible, but they're real. And they're smart, and they're strong, and they're dangerous. I thought you said we didn't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. You just have to be attuned to what God tells us in his word. Well, I mean, if if I'm like walking down the street, uh, could, could demons just jump on me and take control of me? No. What if I'm in one of their areas? Still can't. Okay, so how do people become afflicted? I'm so glad you asked that question. I'll give you an example. Years ago when I was a teenager in Montreat, there was a uh, young woman who told me, and I'm condensing this story dramatically, that she wanted to receive Jesus, but something inside her would not let her. And immediately the Holy Spirit impressed on me that it's demonic. And so I said, okay, well, I want to pray for a moment. And I prayed and I asked the Lord to show me what was going on. And he did. It's called word of knowledge. I said, you're really into astrology, aren't you? Now, she wasn't wearing any, the, anything I recognized as a sign of the zodiac or whatever. But I said, you're really into astrology, aren't you? And her response was, in typical 70s lingo, Oh, yeah, man, really heavy. Okay? That's, some of you remember when people talked like that. And, uh, and I said, well, that's how you've gotten in bondage to a demonic spirit. 
And she said, oh, I don't even believe in demons. My father told me they're not real. Her father was a Presbyterian minister. I said, you're from Florida, right? She said, yes. I said, well, if somebody who didn't believe in alligators went to Florida and on a hot day decided to go for a swim in a pond that had a bunch of alligators. Now they knew nothing about alligators. Nobody had warned them. There were no signs up warning them. They just went in for a swim. Would their ignorance protect them from the alligators? She said, no. And I said, that's right. The fact that you don't believe in demons has not protected you from becoming in bondage to demonic forces through your doing something that God says is abhorrent. Astrology is not okay. Ouija boards, not okay. Tarot cards, not okay. Crystal balls, palm reading, not okay. So, I was grateful that God gave me the opportunity to cast that spirit from her. And suddenly she found the freedom to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Because you see, demons are real, but they're not God. They're not even competitive in the real sense. I mean, they're adversarial. I'll tell you what else is adversarial. The dachshund that attacked my German shepherd years ago, okay, ran out. We're just walking down the street. I'm with my dog, and here comes this dachshund and jumps up and grabs hold of my dog on a public thoroughfare. And my dog reached around, took hold of that dachshund and shook it and threw it into the hedge and kept on walking. The fact that demons are adversarial doesn't mean we need to be afraid. It just needs, means we need to recognize those are evil forces. What do they try and do? They lie. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. And evil spirits will tell you things that aren't true and try and get you to believe them instead of God's word. I got a phone call 30 years or so ago from a fellow who told me he was calling because he wanted to kill himself. And I said, I don't believe you. And he said, why not? And I said, because you called me. You called me because you don't want to kill yourself. If you wanted to kill yourself, you would not have picked up the phone to call me. Being talked to death by a Baptist preacher is a slow way to go. Now, why would I say that to him? Because I wanted him to understand that those obsessive thoughts he was having of self-destruction were not his. I said, now, I want you to think, who would want you to die? Who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, according to Jesus? And he said, the devil. I said, that's right. And I said, so I want you to realize that those thoughts are not yours. You're being attacked by the enemy, by the father of lies. But you see, if the devil came to me and said, Jim, I want you to 
do this thing that will bring you great harm and bring sorrow to others. I, I, I wouldn't go for that. I don't want to do what the devil says. So what those evil spirits do is they try and persuade me that it's what I want. Hey, that looks good. And I think, hey, that looks good. I deserve that. I deserve that. We embrace these thoughts instead of doing what Scripture commands and taking every thought captive to the Lordship of Christ. And let me tell you something. This isn't just a problem for people living among the tombs who can't be chained and run around with no clothes on and scream at the top of their voice and are engaged in self-harming behaviors. Because the ultimate manifestation of the demonic influence was to say, please, this is our region. Don't send us out of this region. Please, this is where we live. This is our place. Please. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us this. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived also among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. When the people came out from town and they saw this man clothed and in his right mind, what did they say? Wow, we tried to help that guy and we weren't able to. No, they said, please leave. Please leave. Leave our region. We don't want you here. This is our region. This is our place. They're saying essentially the same things that the demoniacs said. Please leave our region. They didn't want Jesus. They wanted to keep things as they were because that was their area. Jesus had just tanked their economy. About 2,000 pigs. The pigs died, but the man was healed, clothed and in his right mind. And the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, This man said, please let me go with you. And Jesus said, no. I want you to go back to your family and I want you to tell them what the Lord has done for you. And so the man did. Now please notice, Jesus didn't say, you need to go to Bible college. How much does a person have to know before they can tell others about Jesus? I'll tell you, they have to know what he's done for them. If you know that Jesus has changed your life. You're ready to share. Well, is there room to learn more? Of course. But if you think that you're going to have to do all of that before you can tell people about Jesus, you're still listening to the lies of the enemy. Please understand, it's all about grace. All of us, all of us, all of us were creatures that we're headed for wrath. And Jesus came. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. And we love you. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. 
you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE, or contact us on the web at wvr.org. Folks, there's an easy way that you can help future generations of children in crisis. When you include Wares Valley Ranch in your will or as a beneficiary, your gift doesn't cost you anything today. Your gift is free of federal and estate tax. You're not obligated and can change your mind. You can still take care of your family by including them too. And you can leave a legacy. If you believe the Lord is leading you to do this, please be obedient to him. And then let us know of your plans by going to wvr.org and clicking on the Legacy 145 button. You'll be part of a group of brothers and sisters who are participating in Psalm 145.4, sharing God's mighty acts with future generations. 